Ahoy, hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled and a very Merry Christmas to you. I hope you're well prepared and you're full of festive spirits in this Christmas week. You're going to be full of facts. This is Baffled. We will bring you nine facts before the day is out. Um, three each. My name's Dan. Thank you for being there. I got stuff about pop stars' kidneys, word origins, which are always fun, and don't taste the switch. Connor is also here. We're going to talk about the best return that's ever happened, or maybe exchange of a product ever. Why cats bring you dead animals and pretty boy Floyd. And Mark makes up the festive trio. And the only one who is apparently festive. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas from me on my facts. There you go. It's a nice early Christmas present of knowledge. Stay there. We'll be back in a sec. 
And then imagine he comes back and says, well, I've, have you got the cash? No, 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 no. I bought a lottery ticket with it. I don't think she's very she's happy. She's like, what? Yeah, I don't think she's happy. But well, actually, I bet you she's then going, told you so. When she told him about taking yeah. it back and he won, he went, told you so. That's on me, that is. Absolutely. She's claiming victory on that. Well, actually, uh, slight mistake in my delivery. He bought two lottery tickets because obviously $5 Oh, for well, that changes everything. Ridiculous. But, but, yeah. but still, so, I feel that still she has every right to be annoyed with him for not taking the cash. They were, cl- they were clearly, you know, if you're going to the trouble to exchange, to mm. return, a, like orange juice, I know times are tight at the moment, but you, you clearly care quite a lot about cash. You might be a bit hard up. Well, I think that I was trying to look at this situation and imagine, you know, me and my girlfriend and when that could happen in life where she gets annoyed at me for buying $5 orange juice. And look, Obviously, times I are hard. She gets You're not spending daily, five. But buying, she stuff. does, yeah. But I reckon this was off the back of the arg- of an argument. Right, like they've got like got in the car or something, or he's picked her up from work. How much you spend? They've they've had a bit of a tip. It's been a dodgy week, and she she let him have it. And obviously, he had to listen. He had to go and do the right thing. But it led to three hundred and fifteen million dollars. He probably bought his own orange tree. Probably had someone cut it for him. Do freshly squeezed, just as and when he wanted it. I tell you what, if if I had an argument with my wife about orange juice and then I won $350 million, you ain't seeing me for dust. She ain't seeing me for dust. If, if she's kicking, if you can't take me in when I'm at my worst, you ain't having me when I'm at my best. True love right there. Described by Dan Simpson. Also as well, he might have just fancied a $5 bottle of orange juice. You know, some, sometimes we've all been there, even in the current climate, you'll be like, Sod it. I'm going to treat myself to the slightly more expensive version of yeah, that thing that I always buy. It shouldn't have been more expensive. It was $2.50 down the road. I know, but that's a little bit tight, though, isn't it? No, I, don't, I, don't I don't think I would return juice to I, save myself two I'm and seeing, and a half not, yeah, not, not for $2.50. I wouldn't take the embarrassment of returning it for $2.50. I'm seeing a lot, I'm seeing a lot that's wrong in their relationship. That's yes, fine. But I'll As tell we you one know, thing that it, money fixes everything. I'll tell you one thing that is right, though. If they do get a divorce, she's entitled to some dosh. So she's done pretty well, isn't she? She's going to be 150 million pound richer. So good luck to her. I dig, I dig my heels in. I bit, well, no, well, I, I dig my heels in. I was saying, look, you. I mean, although yes, you are the reason that I bought the lottery ticket. You had a go at me for buying the lottery ticket. You had a go at me for buying the orange juice, and you know what? I've never loved you. <laughs> I think that's the outcome of that story. Thank you very much for bringing it to my attention, Connor. In the 1823 poem, a visit from Saint Nicholas. Santa's reindeer had different names. Rather than Donner and Blitzen, it's actually Dunder and Blixem, which is actually the Dutch way to refer to thunder and lightning. So really, we should be calling them thunder and lightning. Were they the only names that were changed? They were the only two names that were changed, yeah. So you still had Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet and Cupid, but then you had Dunder and Blixem, which is thunder and lightning. Well, who, made the lightning. Big, who made the big decision to change them? It's just one of those things that just kind of became changed over time it's one of those things where it was written down and then they went oh well we'll just you know copy this and copy that and it's just kind of changed over time kind of like a chinese whispers effect connor you're a man a little bit miserable yeah a little bit miserable in it to think that that's what they're named are that's you know that's what it that's what it changes into i'm a man of what dan you're a man of high class high culture you've got a good attitude i care for your opinion who's your favorite reindeer Oh, it's got to be Rudolph. No, no question no. there. He's in enough songs. That is the... Because he's not one of the original reindeer. No, I know that, but he's become a fave. And also, I probably couldn't name you other than... Is it Dasher? 
Dasher. Oh, it's Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comic, Cupid, Donner and Blitzen or Dunder and Blixen. I can tell by your jumper you're a big old fan of Christmas time. So well done on that. That was very, very good. I would, I would probably go Dasher. I think it's a pretty good name. And also as well, if you ever call somebody Dasher, you know they're going to be a bit of a rascal. Imagine a kid called Dasher at school. I can imagine he had a bit about him. I tell you what, I agree with you on every count. And that's why my favourite is Dasher. Just a bit of a rascal, isn't he? Just a bit of a, a character. He's a bit of a class clown, but the teachers love him. It's like, you're, you're rogue, but we like you, Dash. Well, all of Santa's think reindeer he's... would probably be female because male reindeer shed their antlers in the winter. Oh, that's disappointing, isn't it? So they may sound like male names, but actually, female. Do you know the thing that I'm struggling with here? Mark started off the podcast like, right, it's Christmas, 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 Christmas. What he's actually doing... He's ruining bloody Christmas because he's telling me that all the reindeers aren't even blokes. They're all female and we all thought they were mixed. He's also telling me their name's not even fun things. He's ruining Christmas. What's he doing? I mean, we, we'll, we'll have a little conversation later about Santa, mate. It's all right. I like Vixen as well. Vixen seems like a bit of a sort, Connor, you know? <laughs> yeah, I just he reminds me of the bad guy out of Stranger Things. Okay. Connor, name me a Spandau Ballet song. Um, a Spandau Ballet song. Oh, God, you've got me here. Is it True? True is a Spandau Ballet song. Not the first one I think you'd go for. You would say Gold, I no would doubt. Say gold, yeah. You are gold, gold, gold. Always believing. So, the Spandau Ballet was made up of two brothers with some other uh, band members, but Gary and Martin Kemp. Martin Kemp is obviously now the father of Roman Kemp on Capitol uh, in the UK. Anyway, that's by the by. Gary, so they're brothers, Gary Kemp was born with one kidney. Later in life, it began to fail. He needed a transplant. So they tested his brother, Martin, Yeah. who said, yeah, okay, you can donate. And it turns out Gary only had one kidney when you need two. Martin had three. Oh, cheeky bugger. Stole it. So the No maths, bloody way. Yeah, so Martin could give his brother of Spandau Ballet, Gary Kemp, a kidney and it make almost no impact on his life at all because most people have two. Martin had three. Gary, silly old sod, only had one. Oh, he stole it in the womb, didn't think, he? He saw it. Oh, I've I, I'll have three. I think because we are coming up to the end of the year here and, you know, if you are a long-time baffled listener, you know that we have something called the Nigel Awards. I think we need to form a... Had. Oh, they're gone, are they? Well, if we did have an award <laughs> ceremony, there should there should be one for where you think a fact is going to go based on the opening bit to where you end up. Yeah. That was not where I thought we'd be. Also, a little bit on Spandau Ballet. I've met Tony Hadley quite a few times, shook his hand, and I've also cheesed him with a glass of red wine. Legend. <laughs> okay. Why, um, why and where were you when you met Tony Hadley? Uh, I was at my dad's friend's farm opening for his restaurant that he'd done and Tony Hadley come along as the surprise guest because he knew him and yeah for some reason I had a glass of red wine with him it was a wonderful time and a really nice guy talking about booze with Tony Hadley I experienced my first ever hangover at a Tony Hadley gig and I fell asleep through the whole thing although I have on how many kidneys he's got well uh, yeah exactly I don't know about Tony Hadley's kidney situation suave dude though love cracking voice he's got a cracking voice his tone he's he's got a great voice so yeah, forget about Tony Hadley. Please take a Gary. Please take a moment though to realise yeah how mental this fact actually is. The fact that he was a kidney down, but his brother's grown a third one. Do you reckon there's something happened in the old wombage there? Well, oh, I, uh, yeah, I I don't think it's more than a co- I don't think it's but, just a coincidence. I don't know if they're twins though. 
So they're not twins. Oh, they're not twins. I don't know. I didn't didn't get that far into it. Marcus now gonna look up. His kidney was just Jenny's kidney was just floating around then. Well, I'm sure it was of use. Mein Kemp said that while he didn't use, to, while he doesn't drink anymore, uh, it's it's your kidney and liver that deals a lot with hangovers, basically, Connor. Oh, they're not twins. They're not twins. Two years apart. So it, it's your kidney and liver that deals a lot with your hangover. So everyone assumed that Martin Kemp wouldn't suffer from hangovers because he had a third kidney to deal with everything. But he said no, he used to have awful hangovers, so he knocked booze on the head. But yeah, it's quite amazing, isn't it? So these people. Which can only be a coincidence, really. Born two years uh, between each other. One, minus a kidney. The other, too many kidneys. Bish, bash, bosh. Make the transplant. No more effort needed. And what happened? uh, Then they've gone on to make Spandau Ballet, one of the 80s foremost musical groups. So it's safe to say that if any of us are struggling for a kidney, get Roman Kemp's email. Fire in one. You never know. He could have six kidneys laying in there. Maybe. Imagine that. Be sloshing around. What would they all be doing? Yeah, so that's right. Your favourite band. Thank you, Mark. Your favourite band, Spandau Ballet. Four kidneys between two people. Shocking. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. Uh, Well, obviously, Dan, big cat lover. Um, This is just a fact that I never knew, so I wanted to share it. I'm sure you do, but I've always wondered why cats would always bring you dead animals uh, because one of my friend's cats always used to do that whenever I was over. And we always thought it was a present or like a sign of a gift from the cat to kind of show that they love you. Uh, that's not the case at all, actually. Uh, what their cat is doing is they're treating you as family um, and they're presenting their catch to you uh, to kind of teach you to do likewise and encourage you as a member of their family to know that it is okay to go and catch prey and I can do it. So therefore, you should go do it because apparently cats don't quite feel like you're up to it. Well, I, I was reading something the other day online that it was asking the question, do cats know that we're humans or do they just think we're big, strange cats? Quite a lot of the time, uh, cats don't mean to kill the creature that they end up giving you. They just end up playing around with it and then accidentally chomp through its head or something. So that's why they never normally, uh, quite often they don't mean to kill the mouse. Uh, so, <laughs> So it's, they're just they're training us almost, Connor. Well, yeah, so I, I, was, I was looking into it, and obviously this has all been through like scientific research, but they've looked into obviously bigger cats that are in the wild as well that kind of do this on a much bigger scale. Um, and obviously the idea of um, like when you look at like, you know, documentaries about animals and things like that, and that was what I was reading about, it's like when they go and attack those animals, if you notice it'll always be the more superior cat or it'll always be the bigger cat or to kind of set that example for the rest of the uh, the cats that are there to kind of say like, look, this is your family. This is what we're going to do. Um, you're okay to do it too. We've all got each other's back. So the idea is that they actually don't kill the animal and eat it there. They bring it to you to show you proof that this is doable and you should go and do that too. As opposed to presenting you with what they feel is a, a gift. It's more to kind of reassure you that, this is okay to do and, and go do it, please. Now, or, thank you. Or, or, or is it one of those where they're like, yeah, I've killed this mouse. You could be next. <laughs> yeah. Get my whiskers out. Cats. Well, I kind of put this into a real life scenario as well. And it's sort of like when you're down the pub, you know, when you're all a few pints deep and then you might get in the Jaeger bombs or the old Sambucas, you've always got that one mate 
that will go for it first. And the minute he does it, you're like, yeah, I reckon I could probably stomach this one. Bosh, that's what I'd do anyway. Cats always do do very strange things. You're, you might have seen the TikTok, maybe you've got a cat, or you'll have seen the TikToks of them kneading, making biscuits, where they're kind of padding a, a material that feels nice, and it's like they're working in a bakery, kneading bread. And that's because that's what they need to do to kind of get milk out of their mum. When, when they've just been bored, the kittens kind of have to push the belly in a very strange way. So they just, like, my cat hasn't seen her mum for the best part of two years. Sad story. <laughs> On Zoom, every now and then. They, they keep bloody doing the Zoom quizzes, can't understand the word they're saying. Uh, but so she'll still do that whenever she feels a texture that her paws like, she will still need and make biscuits because she thinks she's kind of manoeuvring her mum's gut. Anyway, stop, stop me talking sexy, Connor. Uh, thank you very much. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. All right, let me take you down to Connor's favourite part of the world, Texas. Uh, and the world's biggest gingerbread house was 160 feet long. That's about 50 metres, 42 feet wide and 10 feet tall. Um, it took 1,800 pounds of butter, 7,200 eggs, 3,000 pounds of sugar, 7,200 pounds of flour and 22,000 pieces of candy to cover <sighs> the whole house. What a waste of everyone's time. If I'll tell you one thing, if ever there was a thing to sum up Texas, it is that fact right there. They always do ridiculous just stupid around, shit out there. That... houses everywhere. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. So it's like, tax. Yeah. You never know when your house is going to Unnecessary, unnecessary stupid thing sums up Texas, right? And that is a good example of it. No need. Unnecessary and ridiculous. Connor, I have not spent any time in Texas. as Mark. So Connor, Mark and I have never been to Texas. You have spent time in Texas. Do you, have you seen many, many gingerbread houses? I've never seen a gingerbread house that I know of. You know, Very you never Texas, know. Though. The houses Very always Texas. look a little bit, uh, yeah. You for, never ever know. Could for, have a bit of gingerbread on the inner, inner lining. For what purpose did they do this, Mark? Uh, they were bored. No, no, no. But they, they wanted there must have been no, some world record. Yes, they, they broke the world record. They wanted to break the world record, and that is essentially <laughs> the reason why. It had functioning doors. It had windows. It had two Large chimney things as well there. Chimney flues, is that what we call them? Let's go with that. So it was Although, an actual proper house. I do, I do know one thing about Texas that might have a part to play within this too. I assume they've done this throughout, was it Christmas time they've done this, Mark? Uh, yeah, they did it as a thing at Christmas, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know whether this is all states. I know that America always goes like super, super big on uh, Christmas all the time, but... Certainly in Houston, uh, where my family are within Texas, they have very almost like competitions um, down the roads and stuff mm. like the best kind of lights and, you know, houses go in competition with each other. Saw, now, if you're yeah. in a gingerbread house like that, you're not really beating it. No, I saw a documentary about that the other day. Um, Deck the Halls with Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito. And that was a very similar thing. Not convinced that's a documentary. I don't know. It felt perfectly like to me. Yeah. yeah, it did. I was there. I was in, I was in it. Uh, I think a lot of states do do that. What always amazes me, and I might have said this on the podcast before, I was recently in a restaurant with some American people and I had to explain to them how the Brits do Christmas but embrace how naff it is. So there were Christmas crackers on the table and we did our Christmas crackers and here in the UK it's a, it's a tradition, something crap that you do before you have your meal and you, you pop open these cracker, a little fire uh, gunshot happens in the middle. 
Uh, and then you get like a toy and you get a crown. Anyway, I was wearing my crown and I got a little tap on the shoulder from someone saying, excuse me, sir, where'd you get that crown from? And I was like, oh, it's just these Christmas crackers down on the table. Oh, I thought these were just decoration. I was like, no, you have to understand. We like Christmas, but we like the fact it's shit. Yes, absolutely. And those crowns are the worst and we bit. Do... And no one likes wearing them. They're uncomfy. They get it. itchy. But I wear it all year, all, all day. Got to love it. I wear yeah, oh, it you all got day. You've got to keep it on. And we do as well, the old, the old Brits compared to the old um, Americans. We embrace yeah. So I don't, know, I don't know if you're the same as me, but like, this is ridiculous, but it's something that I've always loved. Whenever you have a Christmas meal, right, you'll always have that one Christmas dinner at one of the family or friends' houses where they might use you know, the, the frozen spuds or the pre-made Yorkshires. That's the best bit of Christmas for me, the bits. I love it. Traditional. So this is what I'm saying. So no, I'm, I'm afraid you do have to do anything. It, it, Come on. Connor. If you're listening over, over in the States, well, thank you very much. But your Christmas is all about, you know, Hallmark movie looking beauty, quite a cheesiness, quite a gloriousness, trying to make it the best that it can be. It really is just an excuse for the Brits to get pissed and eat twiglets well it, it, i mean it is very telling that like think of the amount of amazing amazingly bad hallmark american christmas movies there are right where everyone's like oh my god christmas is so special you think of like the most famous british christmas movie it's all about just love falling to pieces yeah uh how many people did they, were they like a, a road? Were they a group? Uh, so it was people from Texas A and M, Texas A and M Traditions Club, and then the community of Brian, uh, which isn't just a community that a guy called Brian has made. It's a place. Just in case, you just were, case you're wondering, you were confused yeah. there. Yeah, obviously, definitely needed that one clearing up. Thank you, Mark. Right, second fact of the show: uh, word origins. Play the word origin jingle. There it is. Let me tell you about what something brilliant that happened in 1880. So during the Irish land war over in Ireland, local uh, Irish farmers, they had had a terrible crop yield that year. So no one had any money. I know. Bloody bastard of a time. So what they wanted to do, they wanted to ask their landlord, uh, who wasn't around, he was an absentee landlord, if he could deduct a bit of money from the rent because none of them had any money. He said, no, let's not do that. He then gave the job of doing that to his land agent they all said we ain't doing that we're not going to do it we're not paying the rent we're just going to stay here and you can move us off we're going to shun you we're going to completely not pay attention to anything that land agent said and the land agent's name who they shunned and dismissed and forgot about was charles boycott so the first ever boycott was during the irish land war from people living on his land, kind of, who didn't want to pay him any rent. I wondered if you're going to call him Charles Squatter. That's where Squatter's right. Is that where you from. thought it was coming from? No, it was going. I'll be honest, I was struggling to see where we were going. But I like that. That's where Boycott comes from. That's where Boycott named. So his actions, his terribleness as a land agent, his attitude was so <laughs> that we have an entire word used all around the world purely because of his name. So he's become famous off of being <laughs> out. There you go. Boycott soon found himself right. isolated after this. The workers stopped work in his field and stables as well as in the house. The local businessmen stopped trading with him. The local postman refused to deliver mail, all because he was sent from the landlord to tell the people who live there, now you still need to cough up the money. Nice. I, I enjoy nice. a word origin fact, a good etymological fact. Have you got any questions about that, Connor? You're always one with questions. No, do you know what? I think with the word origin ones, they're a good pocketer. 
They're a good. They're, we have different types of facts. They're ones for the pocket, good one to bank, good one to tell the friends or at Christmas dinner. Like it. So yeah, no, no more discussion needed. Get in the old back pocket when you're having UK Christmas with for some reason, which we've glossed over. Your frozen roast potatoes. I mean, I didn't got. I'm very upset about that. You're having your frozen roast potatoes or something. Um, just remember, you know, when you're playing Linky or Articulate, poof, that's where boycott comes from. The ultimate podcast for Married at First Sight fans is here. This is Recapped at First Sight. The new podcast keeping you up to date on all the love, fallouts, drama and secrets as the Married at First Sight UK bride and grooms try to make happy couples. And we're your happy couple right here, in a professional sense, of course. Join me, Kat Shube. And me, former Maths UK groom Bob Voisey, every morning after you've watched the latest episode on TV. Plus, we'll have some special guests along the way enjoying our very own wedding breakfast. You bit the caterers, right? Uh, about that. Recapped at first sight. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You can always get in touch with the show, by the way. It's info at baffledpod.com. We are bringing you these. I know this one's a little bit later. Because Christmas and flu. Uh, but we'll, we'll bring you the Bite Size Baffled every day, right the way through to the new year. We're very excited to see you in 2023. It's info at if you want to get in touch, or just head to baffledpod.com on the internet. You can do it there, or I believe you can go on Instagram like Connor has been DM'd. <clears throat> yeah, hey to Adam. He, uh, he messaged me, he said, I have an amazing fact for the best podcast on earth. I think you'll love it. West Ham are massive. There we go. Cheers, Adam. Thanks for listening. Great. Up the irons and all. Thank you, Adam, infatbaffledpod.com. Or if you are going to just send, you know, stuff about the Ammers, the mighty Ammers, just DM Connor. That's fine. What I really enjoy is that any of the stuff that I bring gets heavily vetted. He just wants an excuse to yell out the Hammers. Oi, oi, oi. I don't even know if that's real. Because that name is very conveniently close to our producer, Adam. I was going, um, 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 Adam said this. That's yeah. the one. 
I was going to do the thing where you give yourself a fake name and you swap the initials around so you'd be Hark Meds. And I realised that Connor Knight would still be Connor Knight. Uh, Connor, give us your last fact of the show. Okay, we're <laughs> going to go back to the 1930s and we're going to talk about Pretty Boy Floyd. He was a bank robber. Um, you may have heard of him. I'm sure you have. He was famous for not actually the robberies that he committed. He was famous for burning mortgage documents during those robberies, freeing people from all their debts. He was actually seen as a hero by many Oklahoma locals who called him the Robin Hood of the Corks and Hills. So, yeah, he'd burn the mortgage documents. Obviously, back then, the 1930s, there was no online systems that had all of that logged. I guess it was all just the paperwork. There'd be no recollection of this mortgage ever happening, no proof, no backup, and he would burn it just to piss off the banks. Yeah, but it's a lot of admin because, you know, if it gets someone out of their contract when they don't have to pay the mortgage, it also gets the bank out of their contract so they can just take the house. Oh, cheers for this. Well, You've got rid to... of my house. Where am I living tonight? The bank's foreclosed it. The bank's taking it off me. Yeah. Well, it seemed to work in the 1930s. Now, you're entering some economics and how things work. That maybe I don't know the answer, <laughs> but it seemed to work in their favour. It seemed to work in their favour that they kept where they lived or, or the farms of which they owned. So I do think it was a lot of farmers that this was for, like the farms and land, etc. Um, but it seemed to work in their favour. He was known as the Robin Hood of, Co- of Coots and Hills. He obviously done something, right? It's a good way to endear yourself, isn't it? I think, I think quite a lot of people might be an, a bit annoyed by a robber. You're causing a lot of fuss around the local, around the local county, putting the sheriff in work, something like that. Uh, it must be quite nice if you just burn all the mortgage contracts. I've yeah, often, exactly. Uh, just burn all the mortgage contracts, and you're only doing it for one reason. He only done it. He was he was robbing the banks. He was up to he was up to other stuff. He just done it to get on the nerves of the banks. That was all it was for. It's weird. I don't know if if other people are like me. I don't know if you're like me. When you hear about some crimes. I do quite like it. I do quite admire it. I think, you know, like high, high crime, like nicking off banks, as long as you're not causing anyone fuss. I don't, like, I don't want you to put a gun on people. That's fine. Like white collar crime. Like if you're defrauding, right, like yeah. a, if you're like defrauding a massive bank or something, fine. And what always catches them out is when they fly too close to the sun. We've spoken on this, about, about, on this, about this on the podcast before. It's like you can nick half a million pounds and get away with it. When you try and nick... 750 grand, bam, that's when you're caught. You'd be fuming. Fuming, absolutely fuming. Yeah, it's always, the small, it's always the smaller things as well that you always get caught for. Always. You nick a chocolate bar from the local shop, bosh, you get caught. Well, you're getting caught because I guess that's all you were nicking. Like, it, it's not like you were robbing banks and then you got caught because you were nicking a pack of Rolos. It was because you were constantly nicking munchies and they went, oh, it's f-ing always this, isn't it? Have I recognise that guy. Have you seen a picture of Pretty Boy Floyd? Great nickname, by the way. Should I've be, indeed, sh- yeah. There was actually a doc. Should the be reason a, a I reindeer. said you may have heard of him, yeah, the reason I said you may have heard of him is because there was a documentary on him as well that you may have seen. Um, so, and I know what you two are like. like you, I thought you may have, but yeah, I've seen a picture of him. Looks pretty sharp, actually. Good haircut, nice suit, good-looking guy. Do you know what became of Pretty Boy Floyd? Oh, he actually passed away, but yeah, I think he'd done a lot well, of time in so. prison it was as well. For it. Yeah, well, you never know. He could still be hundred. No, ninety. Well, yes, but he wasn't well, no, zero in nineteen thirty, <laughs> was he? Yeah, that's why he was never oh, caught. Cool. Um, never caught. Cool. He what? was a baby, and everyone just went, oh, "Can't be him." Not pretty boy Floyd. Look at him. Too cute of a baby he to do commi- that. 
he uh, he done quite a long time in in jail. He he did get arrested in the end, and he done his time. But look, a lot of people loved him. Robin Hood of Kooks and Hills. Mark, give us your last fact of the show. Do you know about the Christmas pickle? I do no, not. Mate, no, I absolutely don't. <laughs> I know a lot, but the Christmas pickle is not one of them. So the Christmas Christmas pickle is an ornament which is put on a lot of trees in America. God, now, these Americans. Now, the story goes that it's an old German tradition, and essentially it is a glass pickle that is hidden in the tree on Christmas morning uh, to stop kids from rushing to open their presents. So instead, they take time to enjoy them because first they have to find this Christmas pickle. Only issue, however, however is it's all a lie. It was never, ever done in Germany. It was all a marketing ploy. And Americans have fallen for it. Who, who, marketing on behalf of who? So on behalf of the Christmas Pickle Company, who uh, have now grown to sell a lot more ornaments. But basically, they created this ornament, said it was a Christmas tradition, which they, a German tradition, which they stand by. So I think they might have just been lied to by someone from Germany who just came over and went, yeah, we put a pickle on the tree. And they were like, oh my God, we will sell this. And it's now huge in America, but never actually happened in Germany. I think if you want to make money, if you want to be onto a winner, it is marketing something around Christmas. I mean, look at Elf on the Shelf. When I was growing up, no such thing as Elf on the Shelf. Now, when I decide to dabble back into Facebook, all I see is girls that I went to school with who are now mums just petrified about what they're going to do with the elf that day. Yeah. Terrified of the whole thing. Uh, there was someone I was speaking to the other day about it who said that they worked with someone and they, they did early shifts, like 6am they were starting. And quite often, the mum would get in and just go, Forgot to do it! Ring the husband and make sure that the husband did it before the kid woke up. That's too much effort. It is, isn't it? I'm um, all for, I'm all for so Christmas traditions. Effort. I'm all for Connor, in your family, you're you're a you're a fam you're a family, and I, as I've said, you're a man of high class, high culture, who I pay attention a lot of attention to the opinion of. Do you have any sweet family traditions apart from eating frozen roast potatoes? No, I don't actually. Although I do I do have one thing that uh Christmas really confuses me about. People that get white trees and decorate it with like Blue things. I, I can't. I can never work that out. It's got to be traditional colours for me. Green tree, you know, gold fairy lights. It does nice look red a, baubles. Yeah. Tradi- tradition does look a bit tacky, doesn't it? Um, not a fan of how that. big was the Christmas pickle? Like the size of a pickle. Like it's not that. Like it's just a. There you go. It's just a. It's just a pickle that you just hang from the tree. And then only when you find that. The kids then allowed to open their presents. That's the story. Have they not? It is nonsense, isn't it? The, for the way that people buy into things in this world, like you, it really gives you. It, it's just mental. I mean, this is just a ridiculous thing that someone's come up with. But the fact that it caught wind, people got into it. But you know, all of a sudden, there's a Christmas pickle. Ridiculous. Never cracked the notorious pickle market of the UK, though. No, it's not all that big. I mean, it, it's starting to crack it, but it's not all that. Oh, also, why do they need this to tell them their kids not to open the presents? I never open my Christmas presents until post-dinner. See, this is always a... So I open them in the morning. I'm not, like, rushed down. Oh, I can't be bothered to find the pickle. I'm just going to open presents. But I couldn't wait as long as you. Well, I'll be honest with you. I feel my family were wrong. When okay, I was yeah. younger, I know where that, why they did it. So I would wake up in the morning. I would have my Santa presents, my stocking presents, like a little pillowcase full of stuff. Then I would open my under tree presents. They did that because I would get so excited. So they would want to make the day last longer. I think recently having opened them in the morning, it's much better because then you're not, you're not waiting for the headline of the day. That's my opinion on it. 
I'd just come absolutely flying downstairs and they'd be ripped up, I think, before mum and dad even yeah, turned in the bed. that's bad. That's bad because you need to make it a moment of the day. You just open them on their own and you, you're taking away your mum and dad's joy of seeing this, these things that they've got for you. No, I'm joking. I always used to do it with my parents, but it was first thing. I mean, sometimes the kettle weren't even boiled and I was halfway through. Yeah, it's tough. I, I guess that's the problem. I could have waited until 10. I could have waited until 4, but not 10. Last fact of the show, uh, we've spoken a lot about the Nintendo Switch on this show. In fact, we even gave one away. Uh, if you're still listening, by the way, I hope you're enjoying that Switch that we got you a couple of years ago. Uh, Connor, what is your favourite Nintendo Switch game to eat? To eat? Mm. I don't eat Nintendo Switch games, but I do know a little fact about Nintendo Switch games, so I'm interested to hear what you say. You, you remember a few years ago on the podcast, we had the fact that I think, Connor, you brought us about scratch and sniff discs. Yeah. Do you remember this for the PlayStation? Yeah. You could get FIFA and it, you would scratch it off and you would smell it and it would smell allegedly like a football pitch. Mm. This is the reverse uh, of that. Uh, oh, yeah, are we going down the road, the road of um, taste and spit? No, not spit, no. This isn't Wild Friday Nights at Connor's. Taste and spit? That's on his Tinder bio. That's all it is. <laughs> Basically... The, Nin the Nintendo Switch cartridges have a bittering agent painted on them so kids don't eat them. Just in case you're tempted. You yeah, know, so you, 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 you taste it and then you spit it out. Because the taste of plastic and technology just isn't deterring enough. We'll put a bitter agent <laughs> on it as well. So you know that thing that you, you might have when you put it on your nails to stop you biting them? Yeah. I did that and actually quite enjoyed the taste. It's a, it's, it's a similar <laughs> thing. Denatonium benzoate, mm, one of your five a day, mm. gets applied to the game card uh, to, to avoid the possibility of kids uh, putting it in and then swallowing it. So maybe they do it once and they think this is disgusting and hopefully they don't swallow out of repulsion. They just gob it out. Connor, did you say this? Uh, you knew this before? I knew something like this, yeah. I mean, it is, it, it, yeah. But that's the only reason I know it is because I love the Nintendo Switch and obviously have probably debated chewing on a game once in my lifetime. So probably learning the hard way when you, I was a kid, maybe. So you do seem like the no, you kids that would nibble on a game. The Switch, you got your Switch when you were about 24. I still think you'd nibble on Yeah, game. kid. Absolutely. Yeah. Still doing those. It's hard earned money things. that you're shoving into. Why are you shoving Animal Crossing into your mouth? Uh, for a different day, that one, bud. I'm trying to work out the sexual innuendo there. It's while I do that, disturbing in many ways. While I'll do that, uh, let's finish up, shall we? Thank you so much. Have an incredibly merry Christmas. What have we learned today? One dude was so bad in history, so lazy, so cretinous that his name has gone down in history because of it. Uh, also, this Christmas morning, remember to look for the Christmas pickle. And it doesn't matter how much you win on the lottery. If you're fighting with your wife about orange juice... Get out of that bear trap now. Chew your leg off. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you. We will see you in the brand new year. We will see you in two weeks' time with brand new episodes for 2023. In the meantime, infobafflepod.com to get in touch. We've got loads of bite-sized baffled for you. And say goodbye, Connor. See ya. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Also, I guess, Connor, we should do the Radio 1 thing. Uh, 28th, 29th and 30th of December. That's when you definitely should not listen to Radio 1. No, Connor, I good for well, we left, and you know, no one listens to the end of podcasts, so we've really missed a trick here. Uh, if you're about over Christmas, our very own Connor Knight CK is going to be on Radio One. Are you, what are you, what, are you doing breakfast? Uh, I'm doing ten o'clock in the morning on the first two days, and then breakfast on the third day. There you go. Switch it on. 
Radio On with Archon. Until then, bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.